Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. The Square Ball Podcast. Welcome to the show. Uh, we've got a whole section in issue three of the Square Ball magazine this season on 1997-98. So that's the, the George Graham season when things just started to get fun again after the dirge of only scoring 28 goals in a season the season before. Um, today we're going to chat about one of the key members of that squad and something of a Legion United cult hero. He's now 49 years old, turns 50 in November. Althinger Harland uh, is best known these days of the footballing cyborg Erling Haaland. But he's a former Leeds player and uh, he's the reason that Erling was born in Leeds. Um, signed for Leeds, summer of 97, after three and a half years at Forest. Transfer fee, 1.6 million quid. Played 74 times for Leeds, scored eight goals. Sold to Man City at a profit for two and a half million in the summer of 2000. Still thought of very fondly by Leeds fans. So this is the TSB guide to Alfie Harland with me. I'm Dan Moylan. Michael Normanton's here as well. And so is Moscow White, Daniel Chapman. Question is then, why do we like him? Why has he become a cult hero? He's my Facebook friend. I don't know. I don't quite know what, what point this has happened. But yeah, he's still my friend on Facebook, uh, and I'm glad for that. He's he's probably the best one on there. And I, I know. I know. Oh, actually, friend. I'm not on there, and I'm anymore. That's so. true. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's that's why. Was, but no, he was. Um, he was great. It was Alfred. He was fun. Was that when we interviewed him that he became your Facebook? Probably. Friend? Yeah. yeah. I was. I was looking back, and that it was a long time ago, wasn't it? It was yeah. um, a different. A different time. It was Mick McCarthy, Ipswich were in the same building, weren't they? I remember on the day. Yeah, he was he was a really fun man. Was Alfie Harland? You can see that we've got a little clip of him signing, and he's just got a little bit of mischief about him. Maybe it's a bit, a little bit of Mateus Click about him. Mm, in that's his, a very good. Comparison. The little the little twinkle in his eye when he did, and he did stuff on the pitch that was a bit like that as well. Sometimes where he'd just do things to upset people a touch, or sometimes a lot. Uh, looking forward to a new club, and uh, it's, I think it's a bigger club. And you now we struggled with Forest uh, last year, but. I think we're going to do well with Belize this season. More than three years in this country now, do you feel you've really sort of established yourself or, or, or was it one way or another hard work at Nottingham? It's hard work in the start, but, you know, I settled down very quickly. I think uh, I like the country, you know, the, the English people and uh, hopefully the, the Yorkshire people will treat me as good as the, the Midlanders do. I'm sure they will. You're doubtless aware of Leeds's historic reputation. Oh yeah, the Tetley Brewery and all those sort of things. Well, not so much that. I meant Leeds players of the of the sixties and seventies. I'm just joking. Yeah, of course they've got brilliant records, you know, from the past. And hopefully, it's well, it's one of the clubs who's done well in the, in the nineties as well. Where they, where they, you know, they won the championship in ninety two. So, you know, hopefully we can repeat that sometime. Opening interview. I like beer. 
That's what he's getting at, isn't it? You don't see from the audio, obviously, you don't you don't see the little wink to camera that he does at that point. So you know he knows what he's doing. Actually, I put that clip on Daily Motion probably a long, long time ago, because it stayed with me as to how funny it was and the twinkle in Alfie's eye as the interviewer is just absolutely not having a whatsoever. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean Billy Bremner. Yeah, I didn't, like, yeah, yeah obviously not. I that. didn't mean that. Well, the number four shirt is probably actually part of the reason why we do like him because it is it carries a lot of weight with it, doesn't it? Historical weight does the number four shirt. And it never seemed to burden Alfie Harland when, when he had that shirt. I mean, if you think about it, like, um, Batty was sold in October 1993, wasn't he? And Carlton Palmer, is it fair to describe Carlton Palmer as broadly unloved at Leeds? Moscow. I mean, he was never broad. <laughs> I mean, the, like the, the, narrow bean. the opinion, I mean, uh, was broad, that he was broadly unloved. Let's uh, say Alfie Harland brought some dignity back to yeah. the number four shirt. <laughs> he, well... Palmer came in some months after Batty was sold to replace him, but then Alfie came in and replaced Palmer, who then went off to, to Southampton shortly after, which is ironic as well that the, the circle of life and all that, Batty actually eventually came back in and took Alfie's place and when he re-signed for Leeds. But he was the he was the holder of the number four shirt for a bit, which means we love him. And not to mention um, the Norwegian link is obviously a very strong one for Leeds United. And the fact he goes, yeah, obviously I know about you know the, the history of the club. He's of a generation where... Of the, he's not. Will he be the first generation of Norwegians? Probably second yeah. uh, to have to have loved Leeds. But there's, I mean, it's, it sustains to this day through twenty years in the wilderness. There are still a load of Norwegians come over to watch us. So he will have been more than aware of uh, of Leeds United in in Norway. He was um, aware of the number four shirt when Billy Bramner died as well. And we had the it's one of his famous games is the Battle of the Bridge. We went to Chelsea and drew nil nil with um, nine players because uh, Alfie's contribution to. Uh, a weekend when everybody was talking about kind of Billy Bremner and the you know the battling qualities of dirty leads uh, sent off after 24 minutes yeah. uh, followed by Gary Kelly wrongly on, uh, 45 both wrongly. minutes and then there was uh, so Harlands was so they were both second yellows but then Dave Robertson Bruno Ribeiro Lucas Radaby all got some um, yellows as well and then O'Leary was getting into it with Rude Hullet on the touchline and um, there was all kinds of um, stuff going on but it, it really um, it was a you know, you, you can't exactly say getting sent off halfway through the first half is a great tribute to one of the best players we ever ever had, but it sort of felt quite... Um, it was kind of apt, wasn't it, almost? It yeah. was. Yeah, it was appropriate to the moment and also appropriate to the player as well. Harland was uh, a bit like that. And the, the physicality was a big part of, of his myth as well. And when I say myth, I use it in the sense of like mythological character, not as in something you've made up. Roy Keane, you can't go further without discussing the battle with Roy Keane. And this, I think, is the thing that really properly cemented him in the minds of Leeds fans in a really fond way. Because this one, this one started, I checked the dates on it, it was the 27th of September 1997 when we beat Scum 1-0. Big Weathers. Big Weathers. Which is, again, this is, again, it's part of that that renaissance, the the sort of post-Wilco, it lulled a bit, didn't it? And then George Graham delivered that awful dull season, but we stayed up and we were mid-table. And then suddenly, we just started to build and we got results like this one. 1-0 up, five minutes to go. And the background to this is interesting because Keane was a bit of a bad boy at this point and he'd been involved in some sort of drunken brawl Wednesday night into Thursday morning. Apparently a complete mess on the Saturday and Alfie, in the in the finest sense of, of a player doing so in the Leeds number four shirt, had been basically baiting him all match. And you see from the footage that Keane then tries to boot Alfie. He swings with his right foot and misses and then he goes with his left. And he said, I was trying to trip him up rather than kick him. I knew it probably meant a booking, but fuck it. Now, what actually happened was that his studs caught in the turf and he snapped his cruciate ligament and went down. But Alfie was pissed off because he'd had a proper swing at him and was getting over him, like leaning right over him. 
talking to him about faking an injury. And I think that made people like him more. Yeah, Harland's post-match interview on that, before it was clear just how bad it took a few days for them to realise. He was out for a year, wasn't he? Yeah, they did the scans during the week after on Keane and that's when they realised it was still a bit like, oh, we think he'll miss the trip to Juventus. It's like, yeah, and the rest. But um, and next, Harland, and next uh, year's. Harland was straight into it afterwards. He's like, is Roy is a great player, but he can't go on like that. He can get a bit rattled if you win the midfield battle with him, and that is what happened against us. <laughs> Still can't work out what the problem was. We were challenging for the ball near the end. All I know is he appeared to be trying to injure me, but ended up injuring himself. Um, I hope he's all right, but it really was his own fault. I've played against him a few times. He does have this tendency to get very fired up. Um, he gets too hyped up and loses control. I've seen it happen before. He can be United's best player, but not when he's running around getting involved with opponents like he did today. He was moaning a bit too much, to be honest. That didn't do him any favours, and he simply can't defend that sort of behaviour when he's the captain of the team. He didn't have the best, he went He went fully in for him. He didn't have the best of matches overall, and that had an important bearing on the outcome. I'm just glad David Hopkin and I managed to take him out of the game, keep him in check. That played a big part in our win. And I think as much as... Uh, so, it's so it's perfectly delivered, is that, isn't it? And I think it's kind of under an underrated part of uh, Roy Keane's revenge fantasy is probably not just that um, on the pitch, there's the famous photograph of Haaland over Keane on the floor shouting at him to get up and like, what are we trying to do? Well, Nigel Martin, who I think has realised it's a bit more serious, he's kind of pushing Haaland away. But then, yeah, basically... I can doing, still remember the cheer that went up as well when that happened, you know. Doing this big long speech after the game about um, basically dismantling Roy Keane's style of play um, probably didn't go down too well either. Because he's dressing it up as as praise, but actually he's, he's oh, just you know he's, he's just digging him out. He can be United's best player, but can't not when be. he's running around, not when he's under David Hopkins' thumb. And um, he didn't get his revenge until it was actually I didn't realize it was so long uh, apart that the time between these two events, twenty first of April two thousand and one. It's uh, he's at Man City at that point. Obviously, he's Alfie won all at Old Trafford again. You're deep into injury time here. It's late in the game, and he essentially Roy Keane, who has a shaven head by this point. It's also interesting, just before we get to the the, uh, the attempted murder here, that Keane has cited this as that spell out as the time when he got his head together. He had a mm. year out and decided that I can't carry on yeah, like I was. Yeah, you could definitely see it in this incident. So Alfie was right, and, and Keane was a reformed character, and boot, he basically booted him at knee height and just started walking off because he knew it was an instant red card, but he didn't care, did he? He just did not care. And he got over him and said, that'll you know teach you to sneer about fake injuries to me um, there was always but the, the good thing was that Alfie had his leg off the floor by if he'd, if he'd have had his foot planted he could have really really seriously injured him even more so there was always the um, the rumour as well that he said tell your mate David Weatherall I'm coming for him as well which always seemed everyone was like what, what did Weathers ever do <laughs> he's the nicest man ever David Weatherall but um, it sort of speaks to um, Alfie's popularity at Leeds because he's wearing a Manchester City shirt at this point and um, but it was like Roy Keane had done it to a Leeds player yeah and there was really no difference. It was Alfie Harland on the end of Roy Keane doing something out of revenge for what had happened while Alfie was at Leeds. And there was no, like, it was definitely we were involved. There was yeah. no kind of, oh, well, it's a Man- he's a Man City player, we don't care anymore. It was like, if you're having a go at Alfie about what happened at Leeds, then you are having a go. I think even if it hadn't been a Leeds incident, I think Roy Keane going for Alfie Harland that way, just because he'd played for us and been so good with us and popular with us, the kind of, the, the hands across the Pennines to take Alfie's side were very quick. It's funny as well because they, they had to shake hands before kickoff because they were the respective captains that day, you know. I feel a bit, <laughs> I feel a bit sorry for, for Haaland being, he's he's basically mainly remembered for this as a player 
and then for having produced an incredible son, <laughs> which is wrong of him. I mean, he's doing all right out of it. He, he's, I'm sure, yeah, he's, um, I think he's earned a hell of a lot more from his son than he did from playing football, but he was really good as well in that season. The night, so I know he was, after that season, he drifted out and he was a bit part and he was kind of playing out of position and stuff. But that season back with George Graham, we were good that season. Mm. And, it, and there were some fun games. There was the, the win against Scum and there was, he played in that 4-3 Derby comeback, which for which was fucking for insane. years that was like my favourite game was that one because I'd, I'd yeah. never seen that happen before. And there were there were fun stuff happening week in week out. We actually f- discovered a way of scoring goals. He was a good laugh. Hasselbank was still fun at that point. He didn't get we didn't have full angry Hasselbank at this stage, did we? So it was it, it was just a, started being fun again, hadn't it? Yeah, 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 and he was a big part of that. Ireland yeah. scored two in a four 0 win over Blackburn. That I wrote about in the the new issue of the magazine as well. When the one of them. Um, the ball is bouncing in the penalty area and he kind of kicks it up in the air, swivels on the volley and sticks it into the top corner. And then his next one is he just scores from 30 yards and Gary <laughs> Kelly celebrates by running up behind him. He's kind of being ignored. So he just kicks him on the back of the leg. And there's kind of that thing of Alfie Harland, good as he was, was never the player who you'd expect to be juggling and spinning and volleying. But he did, despite being this kind of work workman-like midfielder. And then the celebrations you know it's not a you know a Cristiano Ronaldo kind of choreographed Sue nonsense it's Gary Kelly kicking him and, and <laughs> it's so himself, popular he enjoys all of his goals doesn't he that's the thing he looks like he's just making it up as he goes along so well, he didn't typically score many goals in his career did no. this was that was the season when he scored the most I think I think after that he was like he was normally a typical like two or three goals a season man but in this one he uh, he's, how many did he get in it I think he was to get like six goals or something in that season it was and there were, there's some quite memorable ones in that Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. I think um, after that season as well, he did. O'Leary never really relied on him as much because he bought David Batty back, essentially. It was one of the first things um, O'Leary did, but then he had his um, injuries quite quickly and then uh, Backer was another option in midfield. He was signed as one for the future and then immediately was kind of just straight into the team. But where, um, um, and there was a bit of kind of, because we were getting better, I can remember there was kind of a sentiment where it's like, well, we're moving on from Haaland and people weren't sure about, well, how he really fitted in anymore. But how he fitted in 
was when we played the season when we were in the UEFA Cup. He did loads of, he played loads of games in that season, didn't he? And he played them as a sweeper. Nobody ever saw it coming, but, um, and O'Leary's kind of, uh, leaning towards three at the back that we saw when he signed Rio Ferdinand and he went with uh, Radaby and Woodgate and we lost. We, we were terrible. So whenever he tried it, we were awful. But the one time it worked was um, Alfie Harland in there with probably with, um, who would it have been? It would have been Radaby and Mine Heaton. <laughs> who, who were we playing <laughs> with in, in the UEFA Cup at that point? But he was... Uh, but Woodgate was, by the time um, O'Leary was in, Wood, Woodgate is in, isn't he? So it was Radaby, Woodgate and Harland against teams like Roma as a three centre-backs and he was superb it was like a a, a renaissance of Highland display we thought well we've got Batty and we've got McPhail and we've got Backer and we can kind of move him on we don't need to worry about Alfie Highland anymore sell him but then he suddenly became this like incredible just every time he came into the team was excellent and um, I think that cemented a, a big part of his reputation as well because his last acts in a lead shirt were these in, like really brilliant performances in what was until it ended in uh, tragedy some of the greatest games Leeds had seen for years absolutely the, yeah the, it was the Moscow a, matches it was a, just a huge upswing and he was part of it I think is the best way to describe it I think I think there's a, something fans like as well about a player who will move position and not moan about it and just do a decent job there like to go back to League One Andy Hughes as, as an example as well someone who just he played a lot of games at left back never his position just got on with it did a yeah. good solid job there and, and Alfie ended up he played quite a few at right back as well because Gary Kelly was Badly injured for his shin splints for you, and then Martin Hayden. Do you go in Hayden or Hayden? By the way, um, it depends what day it is. Tomato, <laughs> tomato, tomato, and all that. Martin, him, the the Austrian fella. Anyway, he got he was injured as well, so Alfie ended up playing some games at fullback as well. So he was just one of those players who maybe we should have kept a bit longer. I guess when you're looking at the Champions League era and you've got Dubry filling in at centre back. On reflection, who would you have rather had there? Yeah, I mean, you probably don't want Alfie Harland there. <laughs> that's just true. That's maybe the the thing is, I think everyone was kind of felt like, I guess you felt like there was a limit to what he would be able to do. But then probably in the Champions League, if you had played him at centre-back, he would have surprised you. And you, well, you look, uh, at the, look at the era now, Moscow, of, of how defending has become a lot more. Someone like Ben White, for example, who was and obviously tried in midfield, but you can see why a player like that could slot into a deep line midfield role and also go backwards. It kind of worked, yeah. didn't it? It just worked. Yeah, he, um, and that's it. It's kind of, I guess, it, you'd sum him up by, you'd say you put him in to a Division 4 team and he'd do a job. You put him into a Premier League team, he'll do a good job. Put him into UEFA Cup, Champions League, he'd do a good job. He's never kind of, you'd, you'd pick him from a line and say, oh, we're going we're gonna to buy Alfie Harland and he's going to take us into the Champions League and be a big part of it. That's not how you'd look at him. But if you had him there, you would put him in. And it's kind of why O'Leary selling him to Manchester City and then uh, not saying goodbye, which um, Harland never appreciated. He said, I haven't spoken to O'Leary since I left. Um, I went in the summer and he hasn't rung me. He didn't say goodbye. He does to some players, but not to me. Mm. So he just It's quite telling, there. isn't it? The whole George Graham team was built in that spirit, though, wasn't it? It was Gunnar Haller and Harland and Bruno Ribeiro and Molinar. Mm. It was all players that anyone else in the top half probably wouldn't have been that bothered about having. There was sort of a misfit vibe about it, wasn't there? Almost? It was really, and they yeah. were all, it was assembled up pretty much on the cheap as well, wasn't it? Yeah, Highland was one and a half million from Forrest who'd been relegated. Yeah. I think Hopkin was about the biggest money signing, wasn't he? About, was he about three and a half million yeah, or something? Yeah, he was the only one over two million. In, yeah. when we, in the summer when we signed Highland, Hasselbank, Hopkin, Ribeiro, because we'd seen him while watching Hasselbank, and I think that was it. But we'd all we'd signed Derek Lilly and Pierre Laurent in uh, in <laughs> March, so we were well set up. 
Um, um, and it was the summer, of, it was the same summer that we got rid of Tony Yaboa, who was a superstar, Thomas Brolin, who, you know, he'd been absent for a while, but superstar, Ian Rush, legend of world football. They all got kind of kicked out along with Carlton Palmer and Tony DeRigo. There's a photo that came, that emerged on Twitter of, I don't remember exactly. I don't think Brolin and Yaboa are there, but it's the the outcasts who were left off the preseason tour, photographed on like an old uh, uh, disposable camera, all giving the finger to George Graham um, as if he was there in front of them because they were all shipped out. So we got rid of big name superstar players, replaced them with Hartland and Hopkin and Martin Heaton and all these sort of workman like players. And then I guess it got um, back a bit more glam ways when O'Leary took over and started losing the run of himself. And it's the classic quote from Ridsdale where he, he said, uh, signing Seth Johnson proved that we'd moved on from the uh, Molinars and Wetherills of this world. And they were both at Bradford and Molinar in particular was like, you're saying what? And all the Leeds fans were like, you're saying what? Because nobody <laughs> felt like that about Molinar and Wetherill or Harland. We love them. You're right as well about him not complaining about being moved around. He didn't even blame Keane particularly. I mean, he nearly did sue him for loss of earnings, but you almost feel like he was uh, he was just trying to uh, piss him off by doing that. But he didn't even complain that much in the wake of um, of the injury. He just kind of got on with it. Uh, he never played a professional game again for many, many years. Came out of retirement some years later, but I think he was sort of finished at the top level after that game. Though he did play for Norway a few days later, but didn't finish, yeah. the, finish the game. He, he sort of played on a bit, and there's some questions about which knee it was that actually finally did for his career but I think whichever his knee it was having one knee damaged the way that Keane did doesn't help your overall body and um, it put him out for a long time in the end and then put him out altogether there was a photo I've never been able to find it but there was some controversy because he was interviewed about it. he was posing in Manchester in Moss Side next to some anti-Man United graffiti and um, there was this feeling for a while that it was like Alfie was kind of real poking the Roy Keane bear um, at the same time as Keane was, uh, well, getting himself into a lot of trouble um, because he wrote about it in his book. Yes. He? So he did get the, some um, comeback in the end. And who now, let's look at them, Alfie Harland gets to just pick which world superstar club employs his son for wages believed to be, you know, with bonuses they're talking about a million pounds a week, while Roy Keane has to sit in a studio with Gary Neville being unhappy. Watching lower mid-table Premier League teams like Manchester United. He came up, he came up roses in the end, didn't he? I mean, that's where we should probably finish this. On Erling, who was born in Leeds on the 21st of July 2000. The overlap isn't actually as big as you think. It wasn't until I looked at these stats that I realised this. It's a month after Alfie had signed for Man City that Erling was born. Uh, born? He was born. Uh, but he, um, obviously they were still living across the summer in Leeds and hadn't moved you know, with his wife being pregnant and so on and so forth. You wonder what sort of genetic makeup she's got on her side if uh, if Erling has turned out as good as he has. She's an athlete, isn't she? Yeah, she yeah. has athlete or something. Absolutely, yeah. Well, there you go. Absolutely no surprises there. It looks like he was conceived, if you track this backwards, you can put this into a website, uh, somewhere between October the 25th and November the 2nd, 1999. The game's closest to that, 24th of October, Leeds uh, drawing 4 all at Everton. He was an unused sub there, but very exciting. Maybe that got things going. Uh, or the 30th of October, when we won 1-0 against West Ham and went two points clear at the top of the Premier League, but he didn't feature. So it makes you wonder, doesn't it? One then it was, a, it was a sub in, uh, away to Locomotive Moscow, which uh, we do have a, a comment from his um, interview with Square Ball Magazine ages ago. He said, I just wanted to get into the team anywhere. Probably my best games were playing in defence in the UEFA Cup. 
in Rome and Slavia Prague with Radovi and Woodgate and in Moscow, which was fucking cold. <laughs> so maybe he came back in search of warmth. Exactly. He found it in the loving arms of his then, uh, but no longer uh, wife. He's got a different wife these oh. days. But I'm sure he's grateful for his, his previous wife because, um, because of Erling, who, let's not forget, in February 2017, when he was a mere slip of a lot of teenagers, said to Afton Poston, Norwegian newspaper, the dream is to win the Premier League with Leeds. So his dad must have educated him well. Well, he still drops those things in there, doesn't he? There was the whispering, marching on together in Stuart Dallas's ear, going into training at Dortmund wearing Leeds United shorts that looked like his dad had just put them in a bag when he left Leeds. And then I, I kind of, I'm fascinated by them in a way because they do seem incredibly ordinary that, you know, Erling Haaland will just have an old pair of his dad's shorts, which if you're earning a million pounds a week, you could buy all the, sh- you could buy a shorts factory. But he's just like, oh, these, these are here. So I'll just stick some those. And Milner did the thing the other week where he says they always have a chat about um, leads whenever they see each other. <laughs> so I have this, because they are kind of mischievous people and they have this career plan in mind, I would not put it past them. And he's done Manchester City now and there was a great, uh, video when he moved to Manchester City of Erling and Alfie sitting on a sofa watching old clips of Alfie playing for Manchester and um, mocking his uh, uh, tackling and all this. Whether there is just like, at some point, just do a season at Leeds. Like, yeah, they've factored that in. We'd take it, wouldn't we? We'd and take they, it. they must have talked about it. If they're going like, oh, you're going to go, you're going to go uh, Salzburg, Dortmund, Manchester City, Madrid, Paris. Is that? Like, I'd love to Finishing play for Leeds, Leeds Dad. <laughs> I've been wearing the shirts all my life and I was born there and um, there was even a video of him, Jack Grealish was making him do a Yorkshire accent in training the other day and stuff. So there's, Calvin can tell him how good it is, better than City, you get to play. We've got into wishful thinking again, haven't we? We'll wrap it up there then. Maybe one day, but maybe not a million pounds a week. The TSB guide to Alfie Harland. Well, if Alfie's a player manager, well, no, he wouldn't be player, would he? <laughs> if Alfie's, uh, we'll bring Alfie Harland back as player manager and he can employ his son on whatever wages he wants. We'll see you in a bit. The Square Ball Podcast. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.